Recording in progress. Good hello, good hello. Welcome back to another edition of Hashtag Uncensored. Woo, we back. We are back. News truly solitaire. DJ Ready Fox, made better Nina. Squad is back and intact, hello. ready to attack. How y'all feeling this week? Okay, I guess. Uh, tired. Yeah. What's new? Yeah, Nina, Nina are we allowed to tired. Nina, we'd love to describe your your physical appearance right now. Oh yeah, we can. I'm wearing glasses, everybody. Ugh, Nina's a four eyes. We've never seen Nina yeah. wear glasses before. Because She's I, a contact gal. I am a contact girl, and I've avoided. I used to. I've been wearing glasses since I was like eight years old, and then oh. I just never. Once I started wearing contacts, I never went back to glasses. So this whole time yeah. you've been wearing contact lenses. This whole time, yeah. we've known you. I'm really blind. You know, if I take off my glasses right now, I can't see you guys. You're blurry, mad blurry. Damn. My eyes are that bad. Wow. So basically what has happened is I noticed two weeks ago, one of my eyes was severely red and the other one was watering. Went away. Hmm. Then it came back and like all around the brown color part of my eye was like a red circle. So I was like, the fuck's going on? So I went to the optometrist. Are you sleeping with your contacts? Uh, I used to, but I actually stopped recently. So maybe my eyes are not used to that. I don't know. No, I don't I sleep. Don't so, Nina. <laughs> I don't do like a full night sleep in them, but like I'll take my little two hour naps or my one hour nap in them, whatever. But mm. anyways, so I went to the eye doctor and she was like, your eyes are severely dry. I guess I would describe it like, you know how you get eczema on your skin? Like, yeah. I guess you could get eczema kind of on your eyes. Damn. And then she gave me these drops, been using them. Went back last week. She's like, they're still fucked up. Still don't wear contacts. I was like, great. So I've been going out in public like this. Oh and I wow. Really, you don't look horrible yeah. in your glasses. You know this. I mean, right? you know what's funny? Everybody has told me that they really suit me. And yes. like, even my, yeah. my dad's like, you look more intelligent. You look older. <laughs> but like, you, I don't you know. Definitely I look just, more, you definitely look older and you look more corporate. Yeah, you I look just older, don't. Sure. You know what it is? I, I miss having that full circle 2020 vision you know wearing glasses if i look down right now so when i'm walking down the stairs after yeah, i get yeah, off the train in the morning better, yeah. yeah i almost fell the first time i wore the glasses in public <laughs> to get off to get off the go train walking down the stairs i was like holy fuck i literally have to put my head all the way down and stare at the stairs to go down them yeah, yeah. but yeah i don't know hopefully next week it's better because she said if it's not then i have to get um these different drops that cost $300 a bottle and mm. my insurance does not cover that type of drops. Mm. Yeah. But I, I think they're getting better. I had to start taking fish oil too last week as well. Cause it's supposed to help with dry eyes and That's stuff. Your health in general. Yeah. So I just been, my eyes have just been going through it, but Hey man, you only get one pair of eyes. So don't fuck around. I might just get laser after this. Honestly, I'm fucking blind. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, at your age, yeah, probably you can do that. But uh, LASIK, yeah. that, that, that shit is not, that shit is for the birds. Sorry. No, it's not. I got it. Did you get it? Yeah. And now what? what? And now what, Ready? What do you mean now what, what, what? Yeah. Do you so, still have to wear, do you, did you end up, like, did your eyes still end up like, having a little bit of vision damage at later on? Like, did you, oh. are you still 2020? Oh, no, but I'm not, 20, still, I'm not 2020 he, he now, could... though. But I, that's own, that's my own fault for the amount of screen time, especially after the pandemic. Yeah, Once the pandemic came. I was in front of computer screens twenty four seven practically. So that but, I feel like has damaged my eyes. Like I don't feel like my eyes were as bad as they are now before the pandemic. How many years ago did you get the LASIK? Two thousand two. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I get what you're saying, Solitaire. Like it's one of those things where you wish when you get it, like there's no 
reversing it like it's gonna stay 2020 no, but you can still do damage to your own eyes by the things you do regardless of you getting that operation they can give you 2020 vision but if you go and watch tv yeah. 10 hours a day with your face right in front of the screen you're gonna screw yeah. your eyes over again like that's not on the people that did I the might, laser surgery i might get it maybe next year this year my insurance again rock, the, rock the glasses that. rock the glasses nina, nina go court go fully look cool corporate. nina you yeah. gotta fully embrace the corporate nina lifestyle on instagram with the glasses and do hell no if you're on my flip side you could see that but on my regular instagram Hell no. Nina, Catch Nina. me in listen, real life listen, Nina, by Nina. fluke or not at all. Nina, no, not on flip side. Big public public. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nina, I think there's, listen, there's definitely a space for sexy glasses, Nina. No, like, no, no, no. People no, are no. going to say, though. Dress it up with the gonna, outfit. Get, they're going to do the Mia Khalifa uh, jokes on her, I think. They're going to, yeah, there's going to be something weird that comes <laughs> yeah, out of it. Be, no, 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 no. I'm no, not no, doing no, it. That, that, <laughs> Just do a anyway. poll, Nina. Just do a poll real quick. No. Post a picture with your glasses. Do up your makeup. Put on one of your, like, um, your thirst See, that's trap thing. dresses or whatever. <laughs> and then just with the glasses and just say, yes, glasses or no glasses. Two pictures no. side by side. Same outfit. One with glasses, one without. And ask people. Save this for the No Better Nina segment. But see, even with glass, with glasses, it's I'm so unmotivated to actually like try to make myself look nice otherwise. So I've been going to work legit, no makeup, just glasses and nothing and just rolling out. Of, I mean, waking up half an hour later because of that, which is nice. But like yeah, I have I'm just like, fuck it. I'm wearing these stupid dinky glasses. What what point is there to do anything else? Nina, you look wow. fine. Yeah. Anyways, how's your guys this week? That was your week, Solitaire. This week was a rough week. It was a good week, but it was a rough week. My my dad's birthday was on Monday, so um, oh, yeah. we laid him in his final resting place and um, had a nice little ceremony with the family. So that was, uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was a definitely closure. And I was on family first day birthday, too. Um, mm -hmm. family day. So it was first. My grandma's day. birthday is the same day too. The nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was our first, you know, first birthday, hmm. first Christmas, my first birthday without, yeah. you know, so a lot of firsts. It's going to be a lot of firsts. But um, yeah. other than that, um, I'm having a pretty good week. There's lots, some lots of good energy that are, is uh, kind of coming my way. So I'm, I'm, I'm focused on some new endeavors, new projects, new music. And um, yeah, I'm doing, doing all right. All right. How about you, Ready? Uh, my week has been okay. Just uh, doing the do for the most part. Um, I'll do a book recommendation right now, though, while I'm talking to you guys. I'm re currently reading Kwame Ture and Charles Hamilton's Black Power, The Politics of Liberation. This book is fire. Written in 1967. but um, I figured that's a book that you would have read already. I, I didn't even know about it until just recently or whatever. So I, I ordered it as soon as I saw it. And um, I, I need to read more stuff about Kwame Ture, also known as Stokely uh, Carmichael for people Carmichael, out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this book, you would think this book could have been written today based mm -hmm. on how things are in terms of the wow. systemic racism and what we need to do to make changes for the betterment of everybody. Um, mm -hmm. You could really just switch out the word black with poor. Like, honestly, I feel like it's not even a thing of racism these days. Like, I, I, my thinking has evolved where... Racism is a problem, absolutely, but capitalism is the is the real problem. Join me, ready? It's, Join it's me. It's the real, real problem, and capitalism uses racism to get what it wants. And 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the world a lot differently right now, but I would yeah. highly recommend to anybody out there that's interested in learning more about politics, just in terms of liberation politics from Kwame Ture and Charles Hamilton. The book is called Black Power, The Politics of Liberation. Fire. Excellent. Fire. Excellent. That's pretty much All right, well. All right, well, let's get into a rundown of what we got in store for today's show. We're recording on Thursday, February the, 10th, the February the 22nd. And uh, just for reference in terms of some of the conversation pieces that we'll be touching on today, during my segment, Have You Heard? We're so, it's the, it's, it's a, a, an endorsement of the Muslim community who recently issued a letter demanding MPs call for a ceasefire before they actually allow them to come and visit their mosques and speak to their congregation. So I think that's an excellent power play move to have their cause, uh, you know, really nice. taken seriously by our MPs. Like and it's a powerful time because election time is coming. You know, there's definitely a campaign. The, both, you know, Trudeau and Polyvere are campaigning now. Uh, there's elections on the horizon. They're so the same cloth cut from the same cloth two sides of the same coin and then also we'll be talking about how recently the judge in the case involving the london family killer that ran over that pakistani muslim family uh his crime has been officially designated as a terrorist act Good. which i think is a significant de development we'll discuss a little bit about that and during to be determined with reddy fox day 139 in Gaza, Palestine. This is just one of seven major genocides that's currently happening around the world. Reddy is going to bring us an update of what's happened recently in Gaza, and he's going to do a deep dive on the war genocide that's happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And in music news, Beyonce once again breaks the internet by releasing two country songs, which has sparked another controversy and conversation as to what is considered country music, which is, uh, I can't wait to get to that because it's, just, it's, it's music is great. Music is great. Music. Is what yeehaw. do you think about this? Have you heard the song ready Fox? Nope. I have not. I am. Me neither. I am friends I, off. You haven't heard it, Nina. I don't, I, this is everybody's so like when Beyonce drops, gotta listen. Gotta, I, I never been like, I didn't even listen to Renaissance, you know, the album. Only if it's, only if it's Lil Wayne, only if it's Lil if Wayne. If it's Lil Wayne, sure. But not even, not anymore. His music's shit now. But like, what? Yeah, his music's been shit since after, like, after I'm Not a Human Being. Maybe that was the last one that was good. But like the Carter Five, garbage. I didn't think you could wow. could critique Little Wayne, Nina. Oh yeah, all his newer stuff. I don't know what happened. Absolute garbage. What is? All the, right, what do we'll you think? It. What is? What's the dip like? Save it, save it, save it, okay. save it. What's... She probably <laughs> wants him to sing about drugs and like uh, whatever. Yeah, like, so still singing about a, the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's get right into it uh, with my segment. Have you heard? Do you conversation timer solitaire? Yes, and I want to keep it short, so put me at 15 minutes, because really this is just update of two cases, uh, two news stories that I think are significant, especially in in relation yeah. to... So you say 15, I'm going to put 20, because you're going to go over your time, Why? you always do. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I will. That's fine. I don't think I will. We'll give you an extra five minutes just in case you need it. Listen to the, listen to the disrespect this guy's treating me with. Nina, anyway. not disrespect? 
I know. I'm just no. playing. I'm just playing. No. So, starting off, story number one. Have you heard Muslim groups? Thank you, Eddie Fox. I almost forgot my sound effect. There you go. So, Muslim groups have written a joint letter, and it's been signed by hundreds of uh, supporters. Uh, they are imploring MPs to call for a ceasefire in Gaza, or they're not going to be welcome in their mosques. Damn right. So, the national... And this is a story that I picked up uh, reading CBC News. Um, the National Council of, well, boo CBC News? Why? Boo all the mainstream media right now. They've been bare telling half-truths and just all pro-Israel well, stuff. Well, well, this is a good story. This was reported. This is a good story. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't care. Boo. You can't just boo them across the board. Boo them when they're doing bullshit, but when they're reporting They've good stories, you got to at least boost the story. They've been doing I, bullshit, I'm not saying that. Go on. Continue, though. Okay. So the National Council of Canadian Muslims, as well as the congregations of several prominent mosques, have issued a warning in an open letter to Muslim uh, to members of Parliament that they won't be welcome in their mosques. All right, don't bother forward, don't forward, okay? Until <laughs> until they call for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza, for restoring the funding for the UN's aid agency, as well as requiring them to condemn what they call Israel's war crimes. Uh, in the letter, I, I quote, if you cannot publicly commit to all of the above, respectfully, we cannot provide you with a platform to address our congregations. So this is significant now because politicians traditionally, especially during times of campaign, like, you know, Muslims, as you can imagine, do make up a significant part of the population. When people think about Muslims, they only think about you know, the dark-skinned Muslims are the are brown Muslims, but there's Muslims of all faiths, of all races, and they are a significant part of the plan. And when it comes down to there's a um billion to campaigning. Billion. Yeah. And when it came down when it comes down to campaigning, a lot of the politicians will always try to make FaceTime to go and address the Muslim com uh, congregations. And in light of what's going on in Palestine, they're you know, they're definitely putting their foot down. And this is actually significant as Ramadan is just around the corner as well. And okay. Ramadan, as you, from those of you who are, who are um, practicing Muslims or familiar with the culture, with the religion, is about humanity. And Ramadan, more than ever, more than ever, only those MPs who share in our commitment to humanity will be welcome to address us in our sacred spaces. Uh, they asked Justin Trudeau, uh, what his comments are based on this latest letter. And of course, he's the, gave the political answer. He's going to be continuing to visit with Canadians right across the country to engage with communities, particularly the Muslim community that is hurting because of what's going on on the other side of the world. He sounds Just the so way he describes it. Was, yeah, it sounds so, so disrespectful. Like, I can't stand him. I can't stand his face. <laughs> so... Actually, uh, according to the Angus Reid Institute, liberals have been actively courting the Muslim community since 2015. And uh, like I said, there are definitely popular stops for campaigning politicians. Trudeau normally in the past has actually had a great reputation with Muslim communities and has had like really great receptions at mosques and uh, Muslim events across the country. But that no is more. about to change. Not no more. <laughs> 
So I think that's, uh, you know, and I, I wanted to just touch on that story because, it, you know, obviously when we get to your segment ready, this these kind of details, especially when you're talking about trying to figure out ways to take action to implore our leaders to speak up about the cause of what's going on in Gaza. This is, I think, a, a huge chess move from I the Muslim never community. never vote liberal no. again. What, well, I'll ask you, what would you, who is... Who is the front runner for you as far as who you would consider voting for at this point? Is there any leader that you would consider Jagmeet. voting for? Huh? Jagmeet is the only federal leader that's been aggressively calling for a ceasefire and trying to hold the liberals to task in parliament over this. And I've only been seeing NDP, um, poly a couple of smatterings of a couple of liberals, but it's mostly been the NDP. And even then, just because I'm going with the NDP now and I've joined, like, officially signed on with the NDP. That doesn't mean that they get a blank check from me in terms of my support. But right yeah. now, as far as I'm concerned, the liberals are dead to me. Conservatives have already been dead to me. It's a waste of time going with the Green Party. So right now, for me, the most viable option is the NDP. And I'm not going to vote strategically ever again. I'm not going to vote for the liberals just because I don't like the conservatives and, you know, Obviously, the liberal vote always gets split, at least between the NDP and the liberals. So that kind of gives the conservatives an advantage. But no, Fair. those days are over. Those days are done. I fuck Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Screw this guy. This no. I'm there. I can't believe how cowardly and wishy-washy he's been over Palestine. Oh. So I'm just gonna read an excerpt from this letter that the uh, letter to the MPs to our elected members of parliament the blessed month of Ramadan observed by over 2 million Muslim Cana uh, Muslims in Canada and almost 2 billion Muslims worldwide will be here in a few short weeks a foundational pillar of Islam is fasting from dawn to sunset throughout this holy month this devotional act is a powerful means of cultivating God consciousness in our minds and hearts inspiring self-reflection and increasing empathy and good works it is also a time when our place of places of worship overflow with muslims gathering to worship as a single community the muslim community throughout this country is deeply affected by the loss of all innocent life including the tens of thousands of our brothers and sisters in gaza who have fallen victim to collective punishment imposed upon them by the netanyahu government Millions more are at risk of death due to indiscriminate bombardment, the targeting of hospitals, system, uh, systematic starvation, and the proposed military operation in Rafah that Canada, Australia, and New Zealand have said would be catastrophic. In Canada, we have for nearly a century welcomed our elected MPs from all parties into our mosques during Ramadan to not only engage in dialogue, but to share our collective commitment to help the needy, the oppressed, and the poor. Ramadan has especially been a time when elected officials have historically had the opportunity to connect with hundreds and thousands of Canadian Muslims gathered for worship. And as our hearts break for the people of Palestine, we renew our commitment to upholding the ethics of our sacred month. This Ramadan, we accordingly ask our MPs from all political parties that before coming to our community gatherings, they are committed to the following. 
condemning the war crimes committed by the Israeli forces, supporting immediate ceasefire, demanding the immediate resumption of the funding for the UNRWA, which has been a lifelong a lifeline for millions of refugees. Mm-hmm. Refugees, and this was suspect out justifiable uh, reasoning, and the opposing of the flow of arms and military equipment to the Netanyahu government, and standing, and this is a key factor too, standing in defense of civil civil liberties, including the right of Canadians to express solidarity with the Palestinian people without fear of legal reprisal. Because you can see, you know, the, even the, with the whole concept of shadow banning, mm-hmm. when people speak out about the cause of what's going on in uh, in Gaza with the Palestinians, it's almost like they're suppressed. It's their, It's almost like their their cause is not considered with the same merit in the media, as you outlined, that is reporting... I would say, you know, significantly less about the tragedy that's going on, especially on the floor. What, what would you, how do you feel about I've um, done that? a better job on this podcast than the media mm. has talking mm. about Palestine. And I'm not a journalist. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> One million percent. One million percent. It's disgusting. I, my dad is addicted to CNN. He has it on 24-7. Plus, I've seen yep. reporting on CP24, CTV. And I mentioned this in the last episode, even though we didn't get into it too deeply, but they have been actively suppressing Palestinian voices, um, Canadian media. I've heard multiple stories about people even getting fired for their own personal social media posts who happen to be either Palestinian, Palestinian. or Muslim. Yeah. And yeah. they still fired them like for something that had nothing to do with work and all that stuff. So yeah. bun a fire yeah. on across the board right now on the mainstream media in this country because they have dropped the ball tremendously on this. Like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm so disappointed and just disenchanted with everything right now. Nina, I know, I I think Nina and I were similar in terms of like, we're not necessarily following following this as closely. Or is that still the case with you, would you say, Nina? Um, well, yeah, I wouldn't say like, like, I, I, I don't actively go out of my way to mm-hmm. find information on it. But, yeah. um, like, obviously, I'm aware that it's still happening. And I'm still mm-hmm. like, seeing things on social media about what is happening. Um, have you have you has it affected? Have you changed any of your behavior? I know we talked about like things like bo- boycotting, divesting, like, well, BDS. Um, yeah, I was never somebody who uh, purchased from Indigo or Starbucks, actually, at all. Mm. Uh, but like I had said before, like my coworkers, because I don't drink coffee or, or like those like drink sugary. Well, now those sugary drinks. But regardless, <laughs> Starbucks was never my go to. It was always Tim Hortons. Yeah. But end of the day, I haven't gotten from I think Tim Hortons is on that list, too. No, I think it is. But I still haven't seen what exactly Tim Hortons did to to get put on that list. But I'm just good with boycotting everybody right now at this point. Yeah, like I've done, uh, I haven't really supported any of those. Even last week, my dad had bought dates and I was like, you know, dates are like the biggest. Uh, you, you, there are, there are. Um, um, Palestinian dates. Yeah, well, there are Palestinian dates, but there are like dates are a big part of Israeli um, exports, which yeah. they, they basically stole the business from Palestinians to begin with. But there are dates that you can buy from other places, like um, I think they're called Ajwa dates, 
A friend of mine yeah. online just told me about that. Those are dates from Medina. The dates that I buy are Medjool dates. They come from the States. So, yeah. But what well, I, I, just yeah. before you go, just there are apps out there. The app that I use is called Bicot. So if you get that app, you can, when you're in the store, you can scan the barcode of a product and it'll tell you whether or not that product is supported by Israel or if it's a good product to buy that you're not going to be, you know, giving money to to the evil machine that it is. So there are a couple of other um, apps out there as well, too, that make it really easy for you when you're in the store. Just open up the app. If you're thinking about buying a product, you can scan the barcode and it'll tell you, no, don't buy this. This company supports Israel or, yeah, this is a good product to get whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I was telling him that basically, yeah, like dates are, were one of Israel's like biggest exports. ways. Yeah. Exports. Yeah. And then, but then he checked the bag after cause then he was like, Oh shit. And then he checked the bag after and it was from somewhere else. I can't remember where, but it was from okay. somewhere else. Yeah. But... Boy cat. Sorry. That's the name of the app. Boy cat. So it's okay. like B O Y C A T free to download, mm. very easy to use. And when you can just scan barcodes when you're right in the store very easy okay all right well i'm we'll actually touch uh, a little bit more on that when we get to your segment there ready because i i know that's definitely a part of the strategy of getting of maintaining the awareness and holding people accountable for what's going on over there so uh, I'm going to just get to this last story because I, I feel like i wanted to report on it it's it's uh, i think it's a victory for for Muslims, for minority groups that feel threatened by the dominance culture, uh, you know, AKA white people. Mm -hmm. um, so this is pertaining to the ruling, which everybody was waiting for regarding the killer uh, of the London, Ontario Muslim family. The judge officially ruled in her verdict that this person committed an act of terrorism, okay. actually calling it a textbook example um and this was uh due to the incident that happened on june 6 2021 a statement from the relatives of the afzal family uh, who were who were killed that was um a mother father and two sisters and the youngest actually ended up surviving no it was a mother father grandma and right sorry sister. the grand the yeah. right so today's sentencing has brought relief to people near and far. The terrorism designation acknowledges the hate that fueled this flaw, the ugliness that took the lives of Talat, Salman, Madia, and Numna. But this hate didn't exist in a vacuum. It thrived in the whispers, the prejudices, the normalized fear of the other. That hate hidden in plain sight was normalized by the unchallenged belief that the, a racial hierarchy exists in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I think why this is significant is because it was really, I think, a significant test of how Canada's terror laws apply to white nationalists, which is, I think, uh, really, uh, as you know, in the limited research that I've done, this is a, a really significant precedent because we know, as racialized people, we're the only ones that get branded as terrorists when something happens. It's like, you know, black people is like black on black crime. And yeah. it's, you know, it's yeah. those sort of tropes that where people are always quick to pro point out how, you know, Bill Maher would always say like, you know, Muslims are, it tends to be the only religion that are, has this obsession with, 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 a, uh, with bombings and stuff like that. He's a human being, you know that, right? 
I, 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 I you definitely got some, some really like twisted, especially, I mean, he is. I used to Jewish. love Bill Maher. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? So, I like, so I, yeah. I really loved Bill Maher once upon a time, but he just slowly devolved into this unrecognizable piece of shit human being now. Like, uh. Well, so the Crown's argument for the designation of ter ter terrorism, which is what they submitted to the, before the judge, the convicted killer wrote a white slip. Now these, I don't know how much details you knew about this. I, I mean, I'm assuming you guys read the article, but tell me if you mm -hmm. knew that all of this was involved when the incident was reported. He actually wrote a white supremacist manifesto. He deliberately said, he actually testified that he deliberately drove his truck into the family because of what they were wearing, uh, which was traditional Pakistani clothing. And he actually confessed that he wanted to send a violent message to other Muslims and inspire other angry white men. Were you aware of those details? Only from reading I the knew, article. I knew the Did first two beforehand, like from when it had first happened. Um, yeah. But the last one I didn't know. But I knew the first two that he wrote the manifesto and that he drove it into the family because of what they were wearing. Yeah, he, and he fully admitted it fully. Like he wasn't even trying to act like... Even in his like uh like uh booking footage or whatever when he was in the jail, like he was telling the police about like how uh like they like basically just talking about white supremacy stuff and like he was wearing I think it was a shirt with a big cross on it as well and like just little things like that. Yeah. So the defense lawyers were actually trying to argue that he he was not motivated by a particular ideology and his even if they were abhorrent, were not terrorism. Whatever. And, 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 the, and the judge was like, no. I think the judge really made a, a, a very powerful statement. I when, wonder when, about like, the I'm defense lawyers them. if they had any sort of um, mixed emotions. Remorse? Or like, I, I know as a defense lawyer, I suppose you have to put your best foot forward in trying to defend your client. Yeah, but when yeah. you have a client that's literally already saying, I wanted to do it, I meant to do it, and for all these reasons, how do you as a defense lawyer try to, to do your job with someone like this? Like, I, I don't you think... You gotta separate. I guess you gotta separate it, because I, if you don't do your best job, they can go for a mistrial, I guess, or I don't know. But I don't know how the lawyers are able to defend somebody like that who fully admits that he wanted to do it and he meant to do it. It's the, it's the same, like, for, you know, it's the same question you ask lawyers who defend, like, known gangsters. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it becomes an ethical question. It's like their their job is to make an argument for their client, you know? And some people have the ability to separate their, you know, their work as a lawyer from their own personal values and, mm -hmm. and, and morals. Um. It's it's that's just the way the justice system works, which is really interesting. So I think the shouts out to Justice Renee Pomerantz, who I think really made a significant uh, contribution to uh, how we treat the judge. Yeah, just Justice Renee Pomerantz um, with how we deal with white supremacy and like white mm -hmm. nationalists in, in Canada and being called a terrorist actually sets a precedent. For people to use that as recourse when they're being terrorized, I hope so. By these, uh, and I these think too, this was also I think because I briefly saw the Apple News notification when it happened on my phone, 
And uh, I think this is the first white person in Canada to be called like convicted as a terrorist. That's too. what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to look yeah. up to. I didn't. I, I, yeah. I, I researched. I couldn't. I didn't. I'm pretty sure it is. Which is like, hey yeah. man, take some of that heat off of me. Hey. <laughs> as a brown person, guys, I'm not actually like you know. But yeah, <laughs> it was like a racial. So I'll thing. just read one. I'll just read one quote and then I'll, I'll wrap up and pass the mic over. From from Justice uh, Renee Pomerantz's ruling, I have not chosen to name the offender nor recite the hateful hateful statements that he shared with police or in his manifesto. This is because his actions constitute terrorist activity. One might go so far as to characterize this as a textbook example of terrorist motive and and intent. And by not referring to the offender by name and not restating his views, I'm trying to reduce the potential use of these proceedings as a platform for the ideology that spawned the violent, the violent acts of June 6, 2021. Powerful, powerful stuff. Very. I think that's uh, something that we could celebrate in some dark times. So, Do you think we should be uh, doing that going forward though like even when something like this happens that they never release the person's name per se or do you feel that it's some it's so funny because when i read that part of the article i thought about you and how in our show when something like this happens you always say don't and me and solitaire always like nah say their name like what the fuck like put them on blast <laughs> and then we've had that conversation around well this is what they want they want that they celebrity want that thing. yeah but I think what I like the most about how forget like that name thing doesn't bother me. But what I like the most and what even my mom has said before, like listening to some of these cases, even if you listen to serial killer cases and stuff like repeating those details does give other people ideas like it will. They already had ideas, but now they have further uh, ideas and details on how to carry this out. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's the part that I really respect the most in the way this judge uh, made that statement. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love it. All right. And that's it for me. I'll pass the microphone over to you. Ready Fox. Okay. And so you even went over your 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's because you guys added a little bit more, but I was trying to keep the baton moving. Okay. So I what was. is my turn now? Yes, sir. All right. I'm starting. It is timer. your turn now. Ready? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to be determined. This. How will this world end? Yes, how will this world end? Will we finally have liberation for all? To be determined. No, we will wow. not. We will not. We will see. So I'm starting That's my real timer. real shit, man. Starting my timer. We'll see. All right, so 25 minutes. Hard 25 minutes here. So we are in day 139 of the ongoing genocide against Palestinians in Gaza. So Palestine, like uh, Solitaire said in the uh, tee-up for the show, is just one of seven major genocides that are currently happening around the world. And um, we're, we're going to do a quick update for Gaza, and then I'm going to do a deep dive into the genocide happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Because out of all the... I don't know a whole lot about the other genocides per se. I've always heard about them a bit in passing, and that's why I actually feel super ashamed, because I always knew about Palestine too, but I just didn't know how bad it really was until after October 7th, and then you really learned every, like, the fact that can I, just, the can I just interject? Can I just cut you off and say, you have, you, there's nothing, you can't be, don't be ashamed of yourself. Bro. I am. That's, that's crazy. That's, I am that's crazy, man. Guys, there's been, so much things that you can't, you, you don't know what you don't know. But anyway. No, but Palestine I did know about, and I knew that there was, like, um, an apartheid state set up over there and all these things. Like, I knew about that before. I just didn't know how bad it was. Like, I remember... Mm -hmm. Hearing about Mark Lamont Hill getting fired from CNN 
because he was defending Palestine in a speech that he was giving to some other place, and he used the phrase from the river to the sea, and that was a bridge too far for, um, for CNN. And I've heard mm-hmm. other stories. Uh, Katie Halperin, she got fired from, I can't remember what the news organization was for defending Palestine, too, and I knew about that, but again, it didn't really put it all together at that time. So now knowing what I know, I just feel like, man, I, I was just blind. I wasn't paying attention. So I'm going to do a, di- a deep dive on Congo. I'm going to mention the other genocides as well. I'd hope people out there will Google the other genocides. But my intention is to do a deep dive on each of these genocides each week going forward for the next few episodes as well so that we can all have some base information about it so that you can't say if you listen to our podcast, you can't say you didn't know. Because you heard it here. All right. So real quick, day 139. Um, so these are the latest uh, updates from, from Gaza. Just today uh, is the Israeli army shelled a residential area in central Gaza, killing at least 40 people. Um, local authorities say that they're holding the U.S. government, um, along with Israel, of course, um, responsible for, for these deaths. Because this week, the United uh, United Nations Security Council had another resolution vote for calling for a ceasefire. And once again, the, the MF in United States vetoed the vote. Um, there's a YouTube channel out there hosted by a man named Shahid Bolson called Middle Nation. And they are actually arguing publicly and trying to create a movement behind having the United States expelled from the United Nations. And I'm here for it because... I don't understand how this can be where you have 150 how many countries all wanting one thing and this one fucking country can just veto things because they want to keep the shit going and then they'll come in our faces on TV and say how, oh, we're really concerned about the civilian deaths and we've been pressuring Israel to not, you know, take a different course of action. But then when you have an opportunity to do something about it, you don't. So, like, I just can't with the United States, man. Anyways, you just mentioned earlier before, too, um, UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency that has been one of the main sources of uh, food and whatever source, whatever Palestinians need, they've been providing, they've been one of the few sources providing it. Israel accused them of 12 or 13 of their employees out of, I think, 30,000 employees of having ties to Hamas uh, being involved in the October 7th attack. So Canada, the U.S., the U.K., all these Western countries instantly cut their funding to UNRWA based on these unproven allegations, which Israel still has not provided any evidence for. And even on top of that, UNRWA fired those employees before um, the funding got cut because they tried to get ahead of it because they didn't want to get their funding cut. And Israel lies through their teeth constantly. There have been so many things that they've said that have been verifiably refuted after the fact the, you can't mm-hmm. believe a word that comes out of their mouths. So I don't know. I have no respect anymore for the States, the UK, Australia, and whoever cut their funding to UNRWA. Oh my God. You guys are waste countries, man. All of you that's including Canada as well too. So Israeli forces are continuing to besiege the Nasser hospital right now. They have snipers set up outside of that hospital, shooting people that come out of the hospital or if you're even standing near a window, they'll shoot at you. How is this, how is this fighting Hamas? Like, someone make it make sense to me how you're setting up snipers outside of a hospital. 
Like, all they have to do is say, oh, they're Hamas. They're Hamas. Did you guys hear the story about this four-year-old girl that called for paramedics? The paramedics came. No. Israel killed the paramedics and the four-year-old girl after they already killed her family before she was in the car with her dead family members. She called the paramedics. Um, I forget what the name of the paramedic um, uh, thing is called out there. I think it's, it's, I can't remember what they're called. But mm. this girl, and there's recordings of her call calling for help. She's there by herself calling for help. Israel said, yeah, it's cool. You guys can go in and go get her. They waited for the ambulance to come. They blew up the ambulance, and then they shot the car up with the little girl in it. And, they were, and, one, and one of the Israeli ambassadors to Ireland on TV had the nerve to say, oh, well, she was probably going to wind up joining Hamas or something. What? Like that. Yeah. <sighs> I just can't, man. Oh my I just can't. God. I just can't. At least 28,000 Palestinians are confirmed dead now since the start of this uh, quote-unquote conflict. Um, and there are way more under the rubble. So that number is probably way higher than what we know because they can't even account for the people that are still probably obviously dead underneath the rubble right now. So that 28,000, actually, I think one UN statistic, they estimate it to be at about 100,000 right now. Um, just oh, wow. because you can't count them all right now. 70% of Gazan, Gazan homes have been destroyed or damaged. 85% of Gaza's population has now been displaced. They forced everybody into Rafah, the southern part of Gaza, telling them that that was a safe place to go. And now Israel is threatening to bomb Rafah, which they've already started. And this week they actually bombed Syria and Lebanon as well. Benjamin Netanyahu, Satan Yahu, sorry, has been doing everything under his power to start a regional war because war is the only thing that's keeping him in office right now. And it's just insane to me. So um, that's just a quick update recently with what's been happening um, with Gaza. And once again, what can we do? We need people to be Palestine's voice. Protest, sign petitions. I'm, I'm wary on encouraging people to donate money right now because I think you could still donate money to... Um, cause or whatever organizations that you trust but i'm kind of waiting until there's finally a permanent ceasefire because right now israel is blocking a lot of humanitarian there are so many humanitarian aid trucks that are just sitting outside of gaza that israel is not letting in israeli citizens are sitting there blocking the trucks themselves because they're like oh we can't feed hamas we can't feed hamas and this and that while people are literally starving to death and there, there's all these diseases now. People are drinking rainwater, dirty tap, any bit of water they can find. Kids are eating grass now for food and stuff. Like, it's insane. And they're not letting any aid in because they're saying, well, we can't feed. We can't let the, the food get in to, to feed Hamas and this and that or whatever. So it's just disgusting. So whatever you can do, sign petitions, protest in the streets, Post on social media, repost other posts, like, share. If you watch a video on social media, watch it all the way through from beginning to end because it helps the algorithm. Even sometimes on these posts as well, it actually helps if you write comments on it. But you can write comments that have nothing to do with what the actual post is about. Some people have actually suggested treat it like it's a travel log and say, oh, the pool at this hotel was amazing. Like the words just need to be there just for the algorithm to see. A lot of people are commenting on this post. So it's a post mm. worthy of bumping up 
in the algorithm, mm. right? So you can go onto a post that's about Palestine and say, oh, I went on vacation to Aruba the other day and it was fantastic. The hotel was so nice. Little words like that. The, the algorithm sees that and it's like, oh, this is a safe post to boost, even though, you know, so you can do that on there as well. And of course, boycotting is the best and most important thing that we can do. And it's the easiest thing for you guys to do out there. You don't even have to do anything to boycott. In fact, that's what boycotting is. It's not doing things. You guys can mm -hmm. do that. Don't go to Starbucks. Don't go to McDonald's. Don't go to Indigo. Stop using Amazon. I know Amazon is a big ask for a lot of people. I deleted my Amazon account. I really wasn't depending on it for anything but books. And I found other alternatives for books. But I know Amazon is hard for people. Disney Plus, cancel that subscription too if you can, please. Nestle products apparently is also a problem. Dove products are also a problem. But as I had mentioned before uh, to Nina, there's an app called Boycat. B-O-Y-C-A-T. Download it. When you're shopping, just scan the barcode. See what it says. If it says it's from Israel, find a different product. Just find a different maker of the same product. That This mm -hmm. is the best way to fight back against them. This is the only thing these politicians and corporations give a shit about is money. And that's the best way to fight back. Of course, I also encourage you to call your MPs and call your MPP. Just speak from the heart. Just say, I would like my elected representative to be working towards a permanent ceasefire. And I don't believe Canada should be sending any arms to Israel while they're in the act of committing a genocide. Canada is part of the Arms Trade Treaty, which was ratified. And it stipulates in that treaty that Canada, or whoever signed it and is a part of it, you are not to be selling arms or having arms trades with um, countries that are using it to commit genocide, which is pretty much what Israel is doing. So I'm mm -hmm. just going to leave that there. I have 13 minutes left in my um, segment here, and I want to get to Congo because, again, Palestine has been the eye-opener for so many things around the world, and it's been so easy. It's so black and white now for me in terms of who's for humanity and who's not. And it's opened my eyes to a lot of other things going on around the world. There are seven other genocides going on around the world other than Palestine. Sudan the Sudanese war, the Tigray genocide that's happening in Ethiopia. And I encourage everybody out there, just Google it. Just go out there and when you hear what I'm, these words that I'm telling you, Google them and just learn about these genocides for yourself. But I'm going to try to do a deep dive on each of these genocides, each episode going forward. Today's Congo, um, the Sudanese war in Sudan, Tigray, the genocide there, the Tigray genocide in Ethiopia, the Rohingya uh, genocide in Myanmar or Myanmar. I've heard about that one. The Uyghur genocide in China, I've heard about that as well. Again, I don't know much about it. And again, now I feel shamed that um, I've heard about it, but I didn't, you know, dig deeper into it, which I will now. And there's also the Kashmir oppression slash genocide happening in India. I know nothing about that. So I'm going to learn more about that as well, too. But I just encourage everybody out there to uh, learn more about these. So Congo. Now, the thing with Congo, we are acting... We are contributing to this ourselves, unknowingly, obviously, because we are all addicted to all these latest technology and gadgets and all that stuff. And all of these gadgets, smartphones, tablets, laptops, uh, electric vehicles, medical scanners, medical equipment, a lot of these equipment and uh, devices need lithium-ion batteries. And a key mm -hmm. component of these lithium-ion batteries, 
or that is needed is cobalt. Congo has 70% of the world's cobalt. <laughs> so hmm. co- everyone wants cobalt. Everyone considers cobalt to be the future mineral that's going to be revolutionary in terms of what you can do with it in terms of technology and all that, right? So the, the, Mini- the Democratic Republic of Congo, one of the richest countries on the planet with resources, and the people are the poorest people on the planet. And it's a shame. Like, there's no way this should be happening, but it is happening, A, because the world doesn't know about it, and it's been, no one's been talking about it enough. Big shout-out to Shaka Bars on Instagram, who's been talking about Congo from day one. And again, uh, just kudos to that brother that's been putting in God's work, trying to, mm. you know, shout into the void about Congo. So um, it, it, it's, this is considered one of the most complex and longstanding humanitarian crises that is happening in Africa. Um, this is the fourth largest internally, internally displaced persons crisis happening in the world, meaning that they are still within their home country, but they've been forced out of their homes, like all the Palestinians in Gaza, right? They're, it's mm-hmm. an internal displacement. They're still in Palestine in Gaza, but they've been pushed out of their homes, right? And it's the largest uh, displacement happening in Africa right now. Congo has suffered multiple wars and regime changes over the years. Pretty much since 1988, it's been decades of fighting involving neighboring regions and mercenaries and militias. Over 6 million people have been killed in all this fighting. 6 million. I'm losing my mind with Palestine right now. And we're talking about 100,000 people. 6 million people have been killed 7 million people have been displaced. Congo accounts for 1% of the world's population, and it accounts for 6% of the world deaths, of global deaths that's happening wow. right now. It's, it's, <sighs> when I started reading all these stats preparing for the show, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So um, the landmass area of Congo is about 200 million acres of land. Um, so as I mentioned with cobalt, some of the I'll just give you a list of all the this is how rich it is with minerals in Congo. They've got cobalt, copper, gold, diamonds, um, tin, tantalum. Now tantalum is another um, mineral that's used in um, electronic components. They've got oil and another mineral called tungsten, again, which is also used in electrodes and heating elements and stuff too. So it's a super rich country when it comes to resources. But the people are not seeing any of those riches. And why? Because um, world corporations, world countries, first world nations, of course, want to be able to extract these minerals on the cheap. And the best way to do that is to encourage all of this warring and fighting that's happening. They're supplying funds and weapons. There are over 100 different militias fighting in Congo. There are two major ones the M23 and the FDLR. Now, the M23, people believe, the UN actually is reported as well, too. They believe Rwanda has been supplying funds and weapons to the M23 because what has been happening is that a lot of the cobalt has been illegally smuggled out of Congo into Rwanda, and then it's, you know, dispersed out into the world and all that stuff, which is perfectly good for all these countries that want to get it. It's not good for the people of Congo, obviously. So since October 23, um, the M23, which is, I believe it stands for uh, the March 23rd movement, 
um, and it's comprised mo mostly of ethnic Tutsis, um, and they just saw resurgence in 2022. So um, they're considered a non-state militia, and like I said, they've been receiving manpower and arms from Rwanda, and um, the United Nations experts believe that Rwanda denies its involvement, which nobody believes. And since October 2023, October 23 has been a super flashpoint. Obviously, October 7th was in um, Palestine. But the M23, they took control of a lot of major roads near the regional capital of Goma and Saki, um, which I think is west or northwest of um, northwest region of uh, Congo. The Congo experts out there, you guys can uh, confirm or, you know, whatever. Remember, hey, I'm a DJ. Not a journalist here. <laughs> I'm just trying to um, doing a doing a fantastic job, by the way. Thanks. I'm trying my best here. So um, the uh, the other major militia that's kind of like the key opposition to the M23 is the FDLR, um, and like I said, there are over a hundred different armed groups in Congo fighting over control of the resources, and a lot of these militias are getting funded secretly by a lot of these Western countries that want to be able to get all these minerals on the cheap. And again, what did we say at the beginning of the show? Fucking capitalism. It's always capitalism. At the end of the day, it's always capitalism that's causing all of this shit. Millions of people have been forced to flee their homes with all this country, with all the infighting happening in the country. A million people have fled to neighboring countries such as Uganda, South Africa, Tanzania, Zambia, Angola. Um, at the beginning of the year, about 487,000 Congolese sought refuge in Uganda. Uganda, 26 million people are facing starvation now because of all of this. This is also there's also a food shortage that's happening now as well too. Women and girls are have been vulnerable to sexual violence. There's a statistic that says about 48 women are being raped per hour in Whoa. Congo. 48 women per hour. Let that sink in into your head for a sec. I I can't even. That doesn't even compute in my head. It doesn't even compute. Children are subjected to the worst working conditions trying to extract all these minerals. I've seen videos of kids coming out of, like, being pulled out from being buried uh, in, like, dirt and all that stuff. These are toxic working conditions, too, trying to extract these minerals. You don't know they don't have the proper equipment for doing this safely in the first place. Another statistics, um, 148 out of every thousand children don't live to see the age of five in Congo because of what's happening here right now. European and Western powers have been pillaging Congo, the Congo for over a century. The USA, Belgium, Sweden, France, Germany, Israel, UK, and Canada, by the way, all complicit, all, all involved in this. You know, obviously, I will get to how us as the everyday whatever people are complicit in it. Again, obviously, we all have smartphones and we all want our smartphones and all that stuff. China is also involved in this as well, too. They've been dominating the mining production of this whole situation as well. Um, mm -hmm. So they've been secretly funding these militias to keep the conflict going because it makes it easier for them to be able to get these minerals cheaply and for them to be illegally smuggled out of Congo. Also, there are companies, corporations, investors, other miners, traffickers. They are all invested in the, the violence continuing in continuing so that they can reap the benefits of the resources out of Congo. And unfortunately, we are contributing to it, and I'll get to this now, because our buying habits play a role in this. We are all capitalism. Capitalism, of course, but we all want the latest iPhone. You can have an iPhone and it can work perfectly fine. But if Apple puts out that new spangle, whatever, if you had the 
8.0 iPhone, and now they've got the 8.2 iPhone. All of a sudden, now your 8.0 isn't good enough, and now you got to get that 8.2 iPhone, right? We got not me. We got to stop that shit. Not me. Not me. Not me. Ask me what my ask me what version of iPhone I have. What what version iPhone? Six. Do you have? The ten. What is it? iPhone X. I'm close to you. It's at fifteen. I'm at. I'm with the twelve right now. Okay, so you guys are happy with your old phones, and I would hope that you guys hold on to those phones for as long as possible. And I'm sending this message out to everybody out there as well too. If your phone works perfectly fine, you don't need to replace it just because there's a brand new version of that phone that's out there. Truthfully, see how they get you. How they get you is they add new features and they add new new bells and whistles and new. Like, and there was actually a lawsuit was, uh, that Apple. There is because uh, whenever the new one comes out, your old one starts glitching, whatever. And there was actually a class action lawsuit, and Apple did admit that that's a. Uh, they do that. It is. Okay? Yeah. They do yeah. That. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So, um, I'm almost out of time here, but uh. We've got to cur- curtail our um, our addiction to these gadgets. Um, buying your electronics or whatever, needing to have the latest gadget and all that stuff, We you don't need it. And if you do need to buy something, look about getting something that's used or refurbished. Um, you don't you don't need the newest, latest, whatever kind of thing. And on top of that, too, what we should be doing now is putting pressure on these companies, Apple, Samsung, Dell, Hewlett-Packard, whoever is making all these devices, Tesla as well, too. Um, how are you getting your uh, minerals or how are you getting your materials? Are you getting them ethically or are you contributing? We know they're contributing already, but they're never asked these questions. When the CEO is doing like a presser about a new product, and you know, people are asking them questions. Nobody ever asks them. So, what are you doing to make ensure that the materials you're using is not contributing to, you know, basically child slavery in Congo? Because Congolese people are pretty well just right now. They're slaves in their own country, right now. Unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only way to put it. So, of course, you can always donate to charities that are trying to help them, especially in getting food into Congo. Um, that's another way that we can help. You can lobby your elected representatives again, calling your MP or MPP when an election rolls around and Justin Trudeau is looking for votes. He should be being asked, what is Canada doing to ensure that it's not contributing to what's happening in the Congo? And that should be happening in the States as well, too. And every first world Western nation that we all live in the lap of luxury here. We all like have our cell phones and we're just living the life. And the cost of us living this luxurious life is that kids are dying in Congo for, for us to have these mm-hmm. smartphones. And, and it, we can't feign or we can't, ignorance can't be the excuse anymore for it. It really can't be. I can't consciously feel good about having whatever, a laptop or a smartphone, knowing that I'm contributing to what's happening in Congo. So we have to start buying ethically. You have to really start looking at um, the company and where they're getting their materials from for the products that they're making. And we have to hold these companies accountable for them being more ethical in the materials that they use and how they get these materials. These are multi-billion dollar companies and they're still looking to get their materials for as cheaply as possibly that they can so that they can sell that product to you for as much as they possibly can. And enough's enough man we have to do better as a society us canadians americans Mm -hmm. britons 
Australians, everybody, we all have to do better in these first world countries. We can't just be living in the lap of luxury while people are paying the price for us to be living this lifestyle that we're living. So um, I encourage everybody to learn more about Congo and to learn more about those other um, genocides. And I'll just mention the genocides one more time. That said, I'm pretty much done. But of course, Palestine, um, the Sudanese war in Sudan, Tigray, uh, genocide in Ethiopia, the Rohingya genocide in Myanmar, um, the Uyghur genocide in China, and the Kashmir oppression slash genocide happening in India. So I would recommend everybody Google them to learn a little more. Of course, you can tune into our podcast. I'm going to do a deep dive on each of these, um, trying to explain it the way I just tried to explain the Congo and what's happening there. And um, that is it for To Be Determined. So dense with information. So much stuff to cover. (laughs) No, no, for sure. You know, I wanted to just, before we go over to... um, to Nina with music news, just, uh, you know, reviewing some of the things in terms of action, I think um, putting the emphasis on acting locally, thinking globally with the this BDS movement website, bdsmovement.net. Have you looked at and it? Just the, yeah, yeah, Mike, I was just, that, I was kind of hoping that you wanted, you were going to touch on it a little bit more because I think, you know, there's so much information to digest so you get the overall understanding of what's going on. And there's so many different ways that you can enact, then, you know, jump into action, whether it's an academic boycott, you know, boycotting Israeli universities, which I think is something that's, that's powerful. Um, where like a cultural boycott in terms of artists, you know, not going to support or perform in Israel, um, there's a lot of uh, superstars uh, who uh, refuse to perform in Israel because of what, you know, and this is historical. This is not even just, um, you know, specific to Oct. 7. This is, as you were, uh, you know, outlined so much, this is an ongoing conflict that's been going on for for decades. But yeah, I really think that uh, acting locally and all things like, you know, being aware of where you're spending your money is is definitely significant. Mm-hmm. So I really want to emphasize that. Yes, absolutely. All right, Nina. Please, bi-ethically, yeah. people, bi-ethically. Yeah. All right, so mm-hmm. let's get into some music news. I'm, I'm really, really My excited. My is a downer uh, to, every week now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's necessary. It's it a necessary. Is. It's necessary for us to to. And I'm 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 honest. I'm grateful because <laughs> you you definitely take up enough space for us to you know and represent for hashtag well in terms of making sure that 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 news is getting out there so i'm grateful for that to have you doing that all right so nina take us through what's going on beyonce broke the internet again yeah let's let's, let's have some fun with this oh did did you guys watch uh anything Commercials from the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl or Usher's performance? Yeah, anything? yeah. I am tapping out yeah, of saw, all capitalism. Okay. Well, okay. During the Super Bowl, so Beyonce, she was in a commercial for Verizon. And pretty much she, like, teased Renaissance Act 2 coming in March. And then I think it was right after that commercial or right after the Super Bowl. But she dropped two country songs, uh, 16 Carriages and Texas Hold'em, which carriages. I have not Your vote, Your voice chipped out there for a sec 16. okay yeah 16 carriages yeah thank you and texas hold and, 
And I haven't listened to them. Ready? I know you haven't listened to them. Solitaire, you listened to them? Solitaire. I have. Yes. You did, did you listen, listen to them? them? Yeah, I have. I have. And? I listened to, sorry, I listened to, not both of them, 16 Carriages I've listened to. Okay. I've and, heard- uh, I, listen, I'm not a, I am not the, the, the country music aesthetic is not something that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, you know, I think with Beyonce, it's layered. He's doing in terms of like really, man. well, I mean, outside of the capitalist aspect of, but she's also, I think going, you know, supplementing that there is an element of culture of, you know, outlining the contribution of black musicians to country i think on that level i think it's significant so but as far as the song goes i mean the song is it just me or does she look lighter like in terms of her complexion not in this picture but in that no that one time she posted yeah that one time she posted a picture on ig and we were we talked about it and i was like yeah there she definitely looked like she i thought it was like kylie jenner or something bleaching her skin or something well, she's light skinned. What are you talking about? Why would she bleach her skin? I don't know. She she's just, already she, light. She looks maybe. She, maybe I'm just because I don't. It's like the her hair, anymore. bro. I'm telling you. I'm I telling think you, she's it's the looking hair more white to me now. So I don't know. This one, she looks the same to me. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's the. It's definitely the hair. It's definitely and the blonde hair. I am movie. so over her and Jay, both of them, man. I'm over them. But go on, Nina. We're cutting into your time. So, uh, I didn't listen to the songs. I've never really been a diehard Beyonce. Haven't listened to the Renaissance album. Not dying to do that either. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, people began speculating after uh, that Renaissance Act 2 is going to be a country album. And then, basically, what the the guess is, is that Renaissance overall is going to be a trilogy of her taking back the genres of music that were created by Black people. So, fans are guessing that Renaissance Act 3 will be a rock album because it was previously confirmed that it is going to be a trilogy. So she did like, I guess it was the first one dance. I don't really know. Uh, house. Country. House. Yeah. House. Yeah, I guess country and rock. So now not everybody was here for her country songs. Oh, I'm so in Oklahoma, somebody emailed their local country radio station, KYKC, asking them to play the new Beyonce songs. And they replied saying, we don't play Beyonce because we are a country music station. Now, obviously, when the Beehive caught wind of this, they flooded that station with requests to play the new Beyonce songs. Um, to the point where they eventually caved and responded to the backlash they faced on social media. And they said they should have been more detailed in their reply because it was just a generic response. And their explanation of it was if somebody called to request the Rolling Stones, they wouldn't play them either because that's rock and they're a country station. But if the Rolling Stones make a country song... Well, that's the thing. They're claiming that the person who responded didn't do due diligence because they just assumed it's Beyonce, so it's not going to be country. Oh, okay. So they so they just thought out of the random blue, people were just calling their station, requesting Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. Nobody <laughs> uh, that. Now, since releasing the songs, Beyonce made history and became the first black female artist to top the Apple Music US chart um, and to take the first and second spot simultaneously. Her producer has also hinted that she will be collabing with Taylor Swift on 
on Renaissance Act 2. Now, this is something you kind of brought to my attention. So after her release, there has been a conversation around the music industry trying to get rid of hip-hop by secretly replacing it with country. So artists like Morgan Wallen and Jelly Roll. um, And even when I think of Morgan Wallen, I even think of the crossover Drake had in the You Broke My Heart music video. Morgan Wallen is in that video with him. So... Mm. But like they're basically the the industry is making it look like hip hop is still popping, despite the fact that it's not bringing in as much money as the country artists are. So rappers mm-hmm. still have somewhere to sign and the labels can make money off of them. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask, do you guys think the popularity and influence of hip hop is being replaced by country? Do you believe that theory? You go. You know, it's here. funny. I heard I'm trying to remember where I heard this argument being made. Whether did I read it somewhere or? by speaking to somebody who brought it up. I can't remember, but I heard that same uh, hypothesis recently. And I don't necessarily think that it's a... I don't think it's some kind of strategy that's being pushed by the labels. I think it's a revolt from from fans of music. I think it's a, you know, like we we forget that this shit happens in cycles and eventually... I do think that hip hop played itself out because they just went the extreme capitalism and you know there's a, there's a there's a lot of you know I would say cultural I say issues that I have with hip hop but I think I think that country is definitely on the rise it's been on the rise for a long long time how long and um well I mean like in terms of like Taylor the Swift, really, it, like, think about it. Like Florida, Georgia, Taylor Swift, yeah, yeah, definitely. She's like more so on the pop end of things, and even Taylor Swift because she has she started like out Shake It country. Off, not a, yeah, she did exactly. She, yeah. she did, she but did like, the revert. She did the same thing Pink did. Pink started out as rock. This, well, yeah, this rock artist type thing or whatever that didn't work out for her, and then she switched over to like R and B pop and taylor no that's that is that is the exact opposite of what pink's career was so she went pink started off as an r&b singer and switched to oh. rock and, at rock okay you know what i take that back yes yeah, but, yeah. remember yeah, that I'm first song that, yeah. she had you make me. yeah and then she sang about it in that song la told me you yeah, right. be yeah, a I'm pop right star that. but i'm pretty sure oh, taylor swift started out as a country artist she did she did yeah, start yeah, out as yeah, country that, i would still right consider about. Some of her stuff country, to be honest. But she's a no, she's a pop artist because Shake yeah. It Off is not a country song. Oh, of course, it's not. No. That's true. So, a pop artist that has whatever her biggest hits are, I bet you none of them would be considered country, whatever all of her big hits are recently. Nah, her big hits from the past, like uh, that song, it's like, uh, she wears shorts. No, no, not that, that, not that. The one where the music video is in <laughs> what the, song was that? The music video is in the fucking. They're in the house across from each other, and it's like our song is slam screen doors. Our song. That's what it's called. That's a country one. That's okay. a country one. I know that one. Because right. I lived in Ottawa at that time. So <laughs> yeah, but you don't uh, remember. You don't remember when the, you don't remember when Nelly did that that yes, song with, with Florida the, Georgia the Line. I remember. There? Yeah. Yeah, man. This has been a this has been a long time coming. Um, but then the, like those artists like Jelly Roll and Morgan Wallen, like you could see that they're just you know, it's a it's a much broader appeal. Like let's be clear, like streaming has leveled the plat the the playing field for what audiences listen to. So underground hardcore hip hop, street 
music will always have a place and will always have an audience. Mm-hmm. But I think, and this is a sentiment, and of course, this is anecdotal because it's only within people that I have access and 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 contact with and have conversations with. But more and more, and not just you know old heads like me, young people that I speak to are like, yo, I'm I'm tired of listening to these guys kill each other in music. You know, like the music has become so redundant. The same old tropes keep being relived, and it's like, yes, that story of the 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 kid from the hood having to go through struggle more than that doesn't necessarily have to exist in the context of that 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 stereotypical hip hop story and i think people are looking for more fulfilling music i'm not saying that country music possesses that but i can understand where that shift is going cuz it's i would say it's country music and it's also afrobeats that's eating into yeah. the demographic so. of hip hop yeah. yeah that's true i mean one of the arguments too in that conversation was uh like when a genre starts to die out, like so does the music that comes with it. And I mean, we've all heard the discussions about like hip hop lately not being what it once was or just how, not even. How being do you how, like you? You're being the youngest and the most like when I, you know, don't. Yeah. Not, as most ratchet of, of us. <laughs> she is and the most ratchet still... out of us. Why are you trying to sugarcoat that, man? She's... And, st- and still and still on the scene in the club, like turning up, like how would you, what's your appreciation for like hip hop music? Is that still your, the soundtrack of your life as, has your tastes adjusted and shifted? No, I still listen to hip hop all the time, but I don't listen to like, new, new artists new stuff like yeah you're stuck in the 2000s uh, 2000s and like 2010s that's where i'm stuck like i don't i don't really do you ever think you like, can see yourself listening to country music hell no i don't listen to <laughs> no, if little wayne did a country album would you listen to it oh okay maybe because i feel like he could use <laughs> auto-tune he could maybe use his auto-tune to do it good because he did the rock album good actually <laughs> and that's a lie i do like carrie underwood <laughs> i do like carrie underwood before he cheats that's a good karaoke song for me too so like ah uh, but i don't i can't listen to it all the time it's just not for me country music is the only other music i would shift towards is rock that's it rock. and that's because i used to listen to well i don't even know if you can consider it rock but like three days grace and shit like is that more emo i don't yeah. know that's what like i used to listen to so like i could do that but i i don't think i could do country and i just yeah, like I, I Did you not like Shania what? Twain's album. I never listened to it. I've heard like I know her songs, obviously, but I never listened to the full album. I I don't know how hardcore country fans feel about that album, but it was it was the most pop country type thing. I worked at um Music World, uh, when we used to have stores that sold CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. That was a thing now with you the way we where we're at now. But the manager at that yeah. store, she loved Shania Twain. And because she was the manager, she That's whenever she was heard. working, because we were able to listen to music in the store while we were working, right? But so we had to listen to that goddamn Shania Twain album. <laughs> our whole entire she just left it in and left it on repeat. Oh shit. And I was just like, but I was like, you know. Of all the, at least it's not like Conway Twitty or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like at least it was, it was, it was pop country to me. Yeah. And I always wondered how the hardcore country music fans felt about it. But um, well, I think you know what it is for me too, though. Like country doesn't, it doesn't do what like 
hip hop does for me. Like I need, and even like rock, like I need something that's going to like, I need something that's going to like bring that, bring that dog out of me. Like, you know, (laughs) you were talking about how you were trying to hedge if she's ratchet or not. Listen to her. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. Like, like something that's going to amp me up and like get me going. Whether I'm going out or whether I'm going to play soccer or going to the gym, like it just has to, you know, just has to get me going. Get it can't, I can't boiling. Just, yeah, I can't just be like la di da, yee haw, giddy up, horsey. Like, no, it's just not. <laughs> that's not my thing. So, I don't know. But solitary. Don't you ever hesitate to call Nina Ratchet? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've grown <laughs> since he since you guys first met me. I'm less yes, ratchet. Yes, that's you why are, he has definitely. Hesitated. That's why he hesitates. But uh, anyways, let's go through some of these quick headlines before we spend a bit of time on uh, No Better Take. So uh, I don't know. This isn't really music, but I thought we should talk about it. Uh, Wendy Williams. I don't know if you guys heard today. She got diagnosed with dementia. Not today. It was released today. But she's been diagnosed with dementia and aphasia. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Which mm. is an illness that affects your speech, your writing, and how you understand other people's communications to you. That's tough. I'm not a Wendy Williams fan. I have not liked no. her for a long time, but yeah. I don't wish dementia on anybody. Yeah, so she's don't, in a don't, Sorry, take that back. I do wish it on a few people. <laughs> I wish so... it on Donald Trump, <laughs> Justin Trudeau, Joe Biden, um, probably a few more people, but... Yeah, that's more than a few. In general... I don't wish dementia on anybody. So I'm not a Wendy Williams fan, but um, yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah. And uh, okay. So Kodak Black, he was released from jail. So he's been in jail since December on uh, some uh, basically like cocaine possession charges or something. Something crazy. I can't remember. Something else to do with drugs. Basically, his mm-hmm. drug charge was dismissed because the prosecutors couldn't prove whether or not he had a prescription for oxycodone like he claimed. So then he was like, this was the video I was watching before the podcast where Reddy heard the video playing over the mic and was like, what the fuck is that? It's like really wild. I, something's wrong with this guy. He was like hiding behind like uh, like a AC unit or something outside after he got released holding rocks and, like, the reporters are, like, there, and they're like, hey, man, don't throw rocks at us. And he gets up like a little kid and starts whipping rocks at them and says he's going to punch them. Because they told him not to. Yeah, and then he, like, he said he's going to punch them. And then he starts talking, and you can't even understand him. Probably is going through, went through some kind of withdrawal in there, to be honest with you, and now he's just all, all over the place. Oh, boy. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, other news. Next year's Super Bowl is happening in New Orleans. People are hoping Lil Wayne will do the half halftime show, which Not would be great, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Not a chance. He doesn't appeal to that. He doesn't have any appeal to the mainstream. He's not that big of an artist to be doing the Super Bowl. It would be so cool though, and I would try to go. I don't know how, but Drake, I would try. Drake will do the Super Bowl before Lil Wayne does the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hmm. What do you Anybody think about arguing with me? Anybody disagree? No. 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 Solid what would you yeah. think of? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think you know, maybe, right? maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm still weighing whether or not he's big enough to do the Super Bowl because he's, 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 he's massive. He's massive. But he's massive. Big, he's not Prince massive. He's not Michael Jackson massive. He's not like think about the people that have performed at the Super Bowl. He's not Beyonce massive. He's not. 
Usher massive. Sorry. Well, the Bye. weekend, the weekend performed at Super Bowl. Sure. So big. He's and I big, would say that he's bigger than Lil Wayne. Oh no! I think Sultry saying Drake or Lil Wayne. I thought you were saying Drake. No, I'm saying I'm saying oh, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, yeah, not, never, com- not, not in happen. comparison to that he's mentioned, but I, I don't know. Anyway, I was just gonna say that he's just not demographically speaking. He's not. Uh, he's not that stage. He's not the performer for that. Stage. He doesn't meet the mainstream. He doesn't have any appeal, any sort of appeal to a mainstream audience, and that's what it is. The artists who perform there do have a decent amount of appeal and music that plays towards the mainstream audience. The Lil Wayne does not have that at all. Can you imagine him performing Lollipop? <laughs> At the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. That's all with Anyways. I would love to see him perform Mona Lisa. Well, anyways, moving on from that, uh, Usher, uh, speaking of Super Bowl, him and Apple Music dropped a short film on the halftime show. I personally loved Usher's performance. I got tickets to the concert, so I will be going. And I also wish I placed a bet on what song he was going to come out to because I said caught up. And everyone's like, no, that's more of a mid-performance song. And I was like, no, it's not. And then he came out to and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He came out me? with caught up first? Yep. That's yeah. fire. And I called. That's fire. Yep. Uh, and then, okay. Did he perform uh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He performed yeah. Did he first. perform his biggest smash hit? You yes. He did. smash hit? One yes. Hit? That's his biggest smash hit. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh. They play that at Indian weddings, bro. Oh wow. I don't I don't remember. What do you think is his biggest hit? I don't know. Look, man, I love a lot of his music, so I don't necessarily feel like cuz I will I love songs from Confessions that I like more than Yeah. So I don't think about Yeah when I think about great Usher songs. You know what I mean? Like the throwback yeah, to me well... is one of his greatest songs of all time. I know he's not going to perform it at the Super Bowl, mind you, but I he did. Just, you got it bad. He did that too. I believe that, of course. Yeah, that's one of his huge songs too. But um, yeah, no. The, the, the my favorite Usher song is a throwback, by far. Uh, okay, and this is the last one here I'm going to do before we head into No Better Take because we're running out of time. Uh, Chris Brown, he's saying he got uninvited from playing in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game because of Ruffles. But Ruffles says that's cap and they didn't do that. And he said they're lying. Ruffles is a sponsor for All-Star Weekend and Chris Brown was posting receipts of the emails he got right. and the person who sent them to him saying like, great, this is your jersey, yada, 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 and then boom, uninvited. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Well, don't eat chips anymore then. Anyways, moving on. Play my intro, please. Oh, <laughs> okay. Where is it? There you go. Okay, here we go. And it's about to start in three, two, one. Um, no, I don't want that one. I want to make up my own jingles. Like, no better. No better, no better, take, 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 take. So, Excellent. I sent you guys a video today. It's the worst um, intro in the history. The best intro. I sent you guys a video today uh, going did. around on Twitter. So, there's a Nigerian artist uh, in the Afrobeats music scene by the name of Omale. Basically, he had a concert and... Uh, in his concerts, he brings a girl on stage, like most artists do. And in this video, there was a man there with his girlfriend, and the artist Omale chose to bring up that girl. Like, and the girl agreed up on to go. Stage. Yes, up on stage, and the girl agreed to go. And there is a series of a forty-five second video of her on stage, full on, like giving it her all, like grinding on him like, like a stripper. Is- yeah, yeah, bent yeah, yeah. over. They go behind a silhouette, and he bent 
bends her over and is like holding her hair and she's not holding back whatsoever. Nope. Um, yeah. <laughs> nope. So I wanted to ask you guys, and the you boyfriend say, is And then the, the person that was filming it put the camera on the boyfriend. Yeah. And you could see he was not happy. He yeah. was probably embarrassed and angry. Yep, exactly. So I want to know if this was you guys in this scenario. You're at a concert. This happens with your girl. Yep. What? are you doing like are are you breaking up with her is this acceptable unacceptable what's happening here you want to go first solitaire no you go first yeah i'm breaking up with her for sure (laughs) sure and why is that do what's your logic what's your reasoning behind breaking up with her is it because you think that this is what she's really acting like or do you think this is a one-time thing where she's just doing this because this is the celebrity she has a crush on whatever or do you think she's actually doing this out in the streets too uh more so because it's the celebrity per se, but okay. it would definitely obviously make you think she's doing stuff out in the streets as well, too. Now, I understand maybe she's obviously a big fan of that artist per se, but you have no respect for your man to do what she did on stage there in front of your man on top of that, too. It would be just as bad as if he wasn't there at the show and then he happened to see the video of his girl doing that. He w- I would still be angry if I were him. But it wouldn't be even as bad in that case because she was at the show and she got caught up in the moment, right? But for the fact that she was at the show with her man and then she did that in front of him, she has no respect for him whatsoever. So, yeah, that's definitely... I would break up with her. I I don't even think I would have stayed while that shit was happening. I probably would have just left the show. Like She would have came back to where we were standing and she wouldn't have found me at all. And when, when when she gets out of the concert... And she's trying to call my phone. You're not getting an answer for a hot minute from me at all or whatever. Like that. That's insane. Like what she was doing there. It was not cool. Solitaire. I think I hope that I would have better judgment where I would have been able to (laughs) weed out a girl who would actually do that. So if yeah. she if I was dating somebody, I would feel I misjudged her character for sure. And she did that. I don't know if I would say break up, but it would definitely be a conversation like, hey, um, you could do that. I'm not even going to say you have to do that when I'm not around. But you doing that while I am around on stage makes me say that I'd be a little... You know, my mind would race a little bit yeah. for what you're doing when we're not together. So that's what about, pretty wild. Well, OK, I agree. But what about this? So because I'm pretty sure so a similar scenario what happened. What do you think? Com- if, what do you feel? Do you feel like. Oh, I think it's. it's would you would you do that? No, do that hell no. I would never fucking do that. Okay. But I, this is oh. what I think, too. Number two, I'm shy. And why wouldn't well. you do that? I it's just it's embarrassing and like this is but this is my thing this is my thing this is what I was gonna get to too is let's say like let's say I'm at a Chris Brown concert because I'm pretty sure this happened at a Chris Brown concert in London a couple years ago same scenario girlfriend boyfriend together he called her on stage but Chris Brown was like giving her lap dances or whatever she wasn't doing anything that's different I feel like exactly that's what I was gonna say I would never go up on stage and start acting like I'm his fucking dancer on stage like i would never do that ever especially in front of my boyfriend she whether he's there or him not the stripper treatment on stage man like but exactly like that's bad but if it was what like 
if it was like he called me on stage and then like just sits me down and does whatever like like and i'm not doing anything back it's just one of those celebrity experiences this is my celebrity crush whatever that's different i feel like that is like it's still annoying as a boyfriend but then it's also like okay like you didn't necessarily yeah, do anything if you're just sitting I, there and the celebrity's doing all that stuff yeah that's completely different and but if it if it's like if i'm there my boyfriend said no don't go like he saw that the guy was gonna ask me and then said don't go i wouldn't go yeah out of respect for, for your boyfriend yeah right salter what were you mm-hmm. gonna say um i was gonna say i think one element that does make a difference is is she a dancer by by profession you think so yeah i don't know i i still think it's if she's a, i'm not if she if she's a dancer that would make a difference to me like really? if I, if we're together and because i mean looking at it from that perspective I would be aware that that's how she is, and that's a great opportunity for her to get exposure as a dancer. But she was—I mean, I I that would be—that would definitely change it for me. Intricate dance moves that make that would make you feel. It was she was dancing. I mean, it, it was stripper esque, but it was still like you know sensual dancing, yeah, and she looked like she knew what she that was, was doing. all the natural black rhythm that we all have, though. Solitaire. <laughs> no, no, we, no, no, it wasn't. No, yes, it, it wasn't. Was, There's yeah. definitely women who can't dance, who can't move yeah, like no, that. She's no Tanisha Scott. Don't get it twisted. Like Tanisha. I still... didn't say, but I mean, okay, but I mean, the, it was like a 30 second clip, if that. And from what I could tell, she definitely knows what she's doing. I'm that's not saying just, no, she's not Tanisha that's Scott. Just natural black, girl but magic. she can dance. I don't know. I no, think no, I do no, think part of it no, is dancing. It is, yeah. Oh, huh? okay. Well, let's get into some of the comments. Someone said... Hold on, wait I a minute, just... though. You asked the question here. Is this worse than Usher, Kiki, or the same? Yes. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this worse or better or what? It's worse. This is this is ten, tenfold worse. This is, yeah, I agree. Not this even in the same league. It's worse, but this it's is not worse, worse at the same time, only because she's an everyday person who's a fan of this artist. So Yeah. It's, it's... She's also a... She's also a cel- herself no 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 i'm talking about the girl at the night the concert concert like this video oh, that we just oh, watched. Oh, okay. so in that oh, regard oh, okay, she's okay. just a fan of this guy so she could wild out a bit because you know she's starstruck i don't give that excuse to kiki kiki is a star in her own right and she was like whatever the issue was there and again it wasn't even a big deal with kiki per se it was just that the husband Darius or whatever had a reaction. Baby dad, baby yeah, dad. That, that started the whole controversy about it, right? But I always said that as well too. Like you're a celebrity in your own right, you know. Like whatever. But this is different with this case. She's an everyday person. She's a fan of this guy, so she wilded out. But she wilded out in a way that was super disrespectful to her boyfriend. And I wouldn't blame him one bit yeah. for breaking up with her. I think this um, was worse for sure than Usher and Kiki. That Usher and Kiki thing was the, was a non was a non conversation. That was not news. It was it was that was per all se, but, fine. Yeah, but the only it was just issue because I had when... with it was people shitting on Darius for having something to say when it's none of our business per se because that's between him and his baby mother, right? And yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, but he he kept it shut and kept it offline. But again, it, that was his problem. That's fine, but he says it online. But still, who are you, um, Becky in Wisconsin? To feel like you have to chime in now <laughs> on Twitter when he had something to say about it. And the things people were saying to him about, oh, then you shouldn't marry a baddie if you don't like what they're going to so do in public and stuff or whatever. I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. Get, so like, stupid, who are man. you to feel like your opinion matters in this? You know what I mean? So 
Adam. Well, some of the comments here about the Omale uh, concert fiasco. So one person said, I just came here to say now this would have deserved a tweet. My girl Kiki did nothing wrong that day. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, another one said, and this is kind of what to my point was, it's one thing being invited on stage. It's another purposely wanting to grind on him in front of your man. I'm heart for this dude. Yeah, but you agree. Uh, another guy said she would have been blocked before I got outside. There you go. And then someone basically did the whole roles reverse thing. If he could have gone on stage with his fave female baddie and get this treatment, would y'all men have been in uproar then? Yes. See, I would have. But this is the thing, because when it's roles reverse and it's a girl artist, it's the same thing as what I was saying. If Chris Brown called me on stage right. and put me on a tour, do whatever. The girl would do that to my men. Yeah. But uh, I would get jealous, man. And I would be like, yo, you know, going up there, that's what's going to happen. But you would he get knows jealous, that with Chris Brown. Too. But it'd be different, though, if he starts doing stuff to her like you know but i don't i don't want a man like that bro yeah. i don't i don't want a man yeah. who needs to let me validation like that yeah, so no, no i don't need it, that exactly and that's why that's why i always when I, in situations like this i always say i would hope that my yeah. process would eliminate a girl who would because i do just, that i just thought about that that's such fangirl behavior i don't want a man like that fangirl exactly anyways exactly. um and then the other one was she revealed herself, so now he knows and can proceed accordingly. Angry face emoji. For everyone listening to the podcast, I will put a link for this video. It's uh, posted on X, mm -hmm. so you can see what we are talking about when you get the uh, show notes on at least Spotify. I know Spotify and Google uh, podcasts have the Apple link. shows you the show notes too. No, but they, but some of the show notes, you don't get the hyperlinks that I put in the stories, unfortunately, with some of the platforms, but you will get the hyperlinks in Spotify and in Google Podcasts as well. So I will put the link for this video for you guys if you haven't seen it so you can see what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But that is it for No Better Take. And no more time. That's our time for this evening. That is this episode of Hashtag uh any last thoughts yeah sure no. uh the i am friends off with the nba indefinitely as well now too um oh they spat in the faces of the fans with that last all-star performance i did i watched the all-star game last year and it was i was so disgusted by the lack of effort on the players parts that i vowed to not watch it this year which i didn't but I still have seen how many people are upset about what happened this year. And the fact that I saw that the Eastern team scored over 200 points in the game, never done before in an All-Star game. Made... Wow. Yeah. So you, that just tells you how much defense was not played in that game. That was very indicative to me of how the fans regard or how the players regard the fans. They don't give a shit about you guys out there. If it were up to me, I would tell every fan out there, don't buy another ticket. Don't buy another jersey. Send a message to these motherfuckers that you better start having more respect for the game and respect for the fans because it's atrocious. The All-Star Game is supposed to be a competitive game between the best of the best, the best versus the best. And it used to be like that back in the day when Jordan was playing, even when Kobe was playing. But this generation, following the lead of that pussel LeBron James, now everybody <laughs> is just like, half-assing it and stuff or whatever i blame him as well too for this this rampant uh festering shitty ass attitude that these nba players have now so 
I am friends off with the NBA indefinitely, and I encourage all NBA fans, too, to stop fucking with them because they don't give a shit about you. They want you to put all attention on them. They're all millionaires. They're all living their best life, and they wouldn't be living these best lives if it wasn't for us, the fans. And they've made it abundantly clear in that All-Star game. They do not care about you at all. Hmm. And that's well it said. for our show. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I mean, yeah, I think. I got a lot of grievances. <laughs> and you're all going to hear about them. hear about them. That's funny. All right. Well, just be intentional, man. Be just be live a life with more intention of what you're supporting through your time, yeah, your attention, you your, and money your money. Is so important. Please think twice about how you spend your money, who it might be supporting. More importantly, who it might be hurting um, with the money that you spend. Please, please. All right, and that's all for this episode. We'll be back with y'all in a couple of weeks. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Like, share and let us know your feedback. All right? Peace.